Who is your king? Today we celebrate the Feast of Christ the King, and you have a priest asking you this question, so, you know, the grade school answer is, well, of course it's Jesus. Yes, Jesus Christ is our king. As Christians, we acknowledge this, but I want you to think about it. Practically, really, who is your king? A king is one who has authority over his subjects. A king is a ruler who has the power to benefit or harm his people. We see this in history. An earthly king rules a kingdom, but he also wants to conquer and to expand his kingdom. Kings do this by the strength of armies and with their influence over their subjects. There's a long history of good and a lot of bad kings, but eventually they all died. The glory they attained as kings faded away, and even the good kings, even those guys who were the diamonds in the rough, could not protect their subjects forever. Every kingdom eventually fades away, and with the passing of time, it is no more. However, this does not stop us from following kings who reign over fading kingdoms. I don't speak of human kings, but these earthly powers to which we may give authority over our lives. As Christians, we are claimed for Christ, yes, And we profess his kingship today as we celebrate this feast of Christ the King. But who do we truly say our king is? Not just in words, but how we live our lives and to whom we give authority. Properly on its own, the title king is actually not capitalized. If you had king or the king or a king, it would be lowercase. The only time king on its own is capitalized is when it refers to Christ the King. You ever see king in, in, in the wild, just the king, capitalized? It's not referring to a specific king. It's referring to Christ, the king. But if we reflect on the state of our lives and look at the world we live in, we realize that there are actually many lowercase kings. There is a constant temptation to surrender authority over our lives to these lowercase kings. These kings of sin. We look at lust, gluttony, greed, sloth, wrath, envy, and the most powerful of them all, pride. As we encounter temptation in the world and struggle with suffering, we often find ourselves under the authority of sin. On our own, due to our fallen nature, we are quite weak when it comes to combating sin. As we give in to sin, we allow it to have authority over our lives, to reign over us as an oppressive and diabolical king that breeds desolation, hopelessness, and a great and severe suffering in our world. How then are we able to escape the oppression of such kings with power that extends through the history of mankind and whose authority is seen throughout the world? To escape the tyrannical reign of sin, we need someone who can liberate us. We need someone who is more powerful than sin, suffering, and death. We need a savior. And we celebrate today the fact that we have one a savior king. We celebrate Jesus Christ as our uppercase king, the word of God through which all things were spoken into being, made flesh in order to redeem all creation by his death and resurrection. His coronation was not with a crown of gold, but with a crown of thorns, and instead of cheers of celebration, his kingship was met with spitting and yelling. 
His war for our liberation was not fought on a battlefield, but on the cross. And his victory was not met with large parades, but with a silent realization of an empty tomb. The realization that Christ had conquered death itself by his resurrection. Now our king sits on his throne with authority and power over the living and the dead. As this great liberator king, oftentimes the image idea of a king is that his people serve him. That's how history tends to paint kingship. But we see, especially in today's gospel, as you have the Pharisees and those jeering at our Lord on the cross, they say, why does he not save himself? Because those dinguses didn't realize that Jesus was saving them. That he was saving us. They didn't realize that he was on the cross for our sake. That he laid down his life as a good savior king, as the uppercase king, so that we might have salvation, so that we might be saved. But we still experience sin, suffering, and death in this life. How are we supposed to celebrate our king when the battle is still ongoing? We are in a period of anticipation as we await the final judgment when Jesus Christ, as King of heaven and earth, will judge the living and the dead and extend his reign over all reaches of creation, once and for all, defeating sin, suffering, and death. It is this that we specifically reflect on and look to towards the end of this liturgical year. You'll notice that we've had many readings in the Mass um, surrounding Revelation and our Lord's second coming. We begin to participate in this kingdom of heaven that does not fade here at this very mass, the now but not yet of our Lord's kingdom, as Jesus is made present in his death and resurrection under the appearance and taste of bread and wine in the Eucharist. Along with this, we are given the living spirit of God who dwells within us and allows us to persist through any trial or opposition. To combat the seven kings of sin, we are given the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, which you call upon in our time in need. These are wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord. And we receive these gifts when we are baptized. And we have access to them here and now. So get to know them. Use them. Invite our Holy Spirit in, God's Holy Spirit, into your life, into your struggles, and call upon these strengths, especially as there is a struggle in this life. Our king is not a tyrant, however. We are free to accept or to reject his invitation to the kingdom. Because of this, we may continue to serve as subjects to the kings of the world. It's not uncommon that we may find ourselves in a situation where, because of influence of others, because of our culture, or because of a lack or struggle in faith, we may reject our Lord as king. We may even be embarrassed or self-conscious about the fact that we profess Jesus Christ as our king. There's a very strong social pressure to push us away, to say, don't proclaim your faith. Don't profess your faith in public. This shouldn't be part of who you are in every aspect of your life. Keep it in the church. We are called to profess, to proclaim with pride, with joy, with exuberant jubilation that we have a king and his name is Jesus Christ. But if we are not careful, we can tend towards serving sin and allowing sin to reign over our lives. We're surrendering our liberation, our freedom, the gifts of virtue for the sake of an expectation of another, of being worried about what other people will think. 
That we live our life not for ourselves and for the glory of God, but for others and their expectations. We may allow material wealth, earthly comforts, or fame to direct and guide our hearts, minds, and actions. We may separate our lives from the Lord and give in to fear and desolation as our primary motivating and guiding factors. It is important that we reflect on who or what has authority over our lives and how we are called to true freedom through the King of glory. This can be difficult since there are many, many things that demand our attention and allegiance, causing us to live not under the loving authority of Christ, the King, who desires our salvation, but under the tyranny of sin. But do not despair, brothers and sisters. Even as we may struggle in temptation and sin, suffering and frustration, our King has not abandoned us. Through the sacraments, we are healed, liberated, and strengthened by God's merciful grace. In particular, we have the sacraments of reconciliation and the Eucharist. One to heal and one to nourish. In reconciliation, we recognize Christ's authority over our lives and his power to forgive and heal as greater than sin's power to rule over us. In seeking out the Lord's mercy and confession, we intentionally profess Christ's kingship over our lives and seek to live in his kingdom even now in the midst of the struggle. In receiving the Eucharist, we encounter the paschal mystery of our redemption, not symbolically, but truly as it is present in the Eucharist. The more we conform our lives to the mystery of the Eucharist in devotion and living it out in imitation of Christ, the more we participate in the reign of our King, even as we await his second coming. So brothers and sisters, as we celebrate Christ our King today and as we end this year in the church, we direct our minds and our hearts to our Savior King in hope. Hope that our King has authority and reign over all things. Hope that even as we combat the lowercase kings of sin and even suffering, death, and that struggle of temptation in our life, we will persist by God's grace and mercy. And hope that even now we begin to participate in Christ our King's unfading kingdom of glory. Amen.